Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oldest Daughter Podcast. I am your host, Maddie Miller. And this week's episode, I'm going to add a little trigger warning because I will be talking a little bit about trauma, um, such as divorce and having a mom with a disability. So this week's episode might be a little bit more on the deep side, whereas I know usually I'm just kind of like chaotic and all over the place and not necessarily like deep. So there will be some deeper topics this week, and I just wanted to warn you guys. Also, if it is echoey at all, it is because my room is kind of empty. I have furniture in here now. I tried to record this yesterday, um, and it was so echoey and terrible. But Evan, my boyfriend, helped me out by moving some of his stuff in here to store it for the rest of the summer, and now it's not as echoey. So yeah, I won't linger too much. Let's go ahead and get into it. Before I even get into the stuff I kind of want to talk about this week, I'm just going to do a little weekend recap, if you will. Um, I didn't really give you guys a weekend recap the last weekend, which was the 4th of July weekend, but I had a wonderful weekend at the lake with my cousins and their significant others and my boyfriend. We had a great time. Gretchen and Carly were indeed in attendance. We played a lot of volleyball. We had some drinks, went on the boat, swam. It was very fun. Um, kind of had a little Olympic style thing going on. So we had like teams and tournament brackets for like three different games. So we played cornhole and it's cornhole. It's not bags. And if you think it's bags, you're clearly from Chicago, but whatever. Um, so we had cornhole, we had giant water pong, which is like beer pong, but it was these big like buckets and there's, I'll, I'll put a picture on the Instagram, but it's huge. It's like a giant yard game set. And then the big event was a volleyball tournament. And let's just say I did indeed play on the winning team for that tournament. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Our team's performance was incredible. Um, it was great. We had a wonderful time. I'm really happy we won because I won none of the other games, um, bags, Ew, bags, cornhole. I was out first round. Water pong, me and Evan played against my cousin Matthew and his girlfriend Renee out first round. So winning volleyball was kind of like a little bit of a pick-me-up. You know, it was great. Um, but we had a lot of fun. I love it when my cousins come to the lake. The last week I've done nothing. I took work off. So just kind of dilly-dallied. I was in Kalamazoo a little bit. Hung out with my friends. Went to the pool, and then this weekend, I made a little trip up to see my friend Big Al at her house. She lives on the northwest side of Michigan, so we went to Lake Michigan, went to the beach, watched the sunset. We had so much fun. Big Al, if you're listening, I love you. You're the best ever. She's going to be on an episode. She's also an oldest daughter. I just surround myself with so many people who are the oldest daughters. My best friend is the oldest daughter of her family, but she has an older brother, um, all my friends, except for Alyssa, shout out you, Shadi, um, are the oldest. Alyssa's the youngest. So just surrounding myself with oldest children all the time. And then I came home from Big Al's on Saturday and I was like, I'm going out tonight. I'm going to the bar. So fun. So fresh. But I wish Evan was here. And because I am indeed a spoiled brat, he came. He didn't even just come to help me out, though. He, like, came because he needed to move his stuff out of storage of where he was keeping it this summer and put it in, like, somewhere else so it wouldn't get kicked out. Basically, his storage unit, like, the rental time for it is running out, so we needed to put his stuff at my house for now. So he came. We went out. This morning, we moved a bunch of his stuff. and went to breakfast. We went to this sub place, 
because we got up at like 11 and it was like Jersey Mike's but like not nearly as good it was like a little local restaurant so we were kind of disappointed the food was not it the restaurant not it um but yeah now I'm in bed filming Evan left a few hours ago and I've done nothing since I did text my friends to see if they wanted to watch Talladega Nights tonight um I'm waiting for a response hopefully one of them will text me while I'm filming they have not texted me yet but so fun so fresh anyways I guess I will get into what I actually want to talk about this episode and I guess what I'm going to talk a lot about is just being the oldest daughter and kind of the trauma that you know families all deal with and how I deal with it personally as being the oldest and how I perceive a lot of other oldest siblings taking on the trauma so we're gonna get a little deep a little deep this week a little deep dive into my life and I hope you guys enjoy and I've also come to realize that I don't love filming solo as I'm filming this I'm like I wish I had someone to banter with so this might become permanently a guest friendly podcast I'd love to bring Gretchen back on. We had such a blast. I think next week I'm going to have Evan on, potentially. I would love that. That'd be so fun. Um, I'm going to his house next weekend because Monday the 18th, we are going to see Elton John. And I am over the moon. I'm all over the place this episode. I'm already bouncing around like I always do. But going to see Elton John, it'll be so fun. I'm going with Evan and Gretchen and then my cousins and all their significant others and I'm literally so excited it's going to be the best ever I made a playlist of the set list that Elton is doing when we go to see him and I'm listening to it all week and it's the only thing I'll listen to also I have like the cutest pants in the world for this concert I'm so excited to wear them but I don't know what shirt to wear and I'm kind of panicking so I need to figure out my outfit Gretchen ordered us these very fun big sunglasses that I'm over the moon about It'll be so fun, so fresh. I'm sure I will talk about it next week on the episode. If Evan's on, he's going with me. So he'll tell me about his point of view and his experience as well. So, so much fun. Um, But yeah, I will dive into the better stuff now. So, being the oldest in a family comes with a lot of different things added onto it, in my opinion. And... Obviously, some of the things I say might not be exactly what happens in your family. I know that sometimes that different, you know, siblings or children take on different roles within the family um, or do different things in responses to trauma or problems. So I understand that this is probably just more about my life, but I've also talked to a lot of my friends who are the oldest siblings and they have very similar experiences. So I'm just going to talk about my point of view being the oldest and what I feel like a lot of my friends have agreed with. So in my episode notes, the first thing I want to talk about is pressure. There is always pressure on everyone in the world, obviously, but I feel like oldest siblings have way more than anybody else. Like so much pressure on us. At least that's how I feel. I feel like I always had a lot of pressure on me um, growing up to be the example, obviously, and if you're a sibling at all and you have any younger siblings, you probably have been told by parents, like, you need to be a good example. You got to do things the right way because your sisters are watching you, because your brothers are watching you, because your siblings are watching you. Because obviously, like, you know, they're going to watch you. You are the older sibling. They're going to look at you as the example and they're going to do what you do just because whether they like to admit or not, they think you're cool um, and they want to be like you. 
And Gretchen and Carly, I know you'll never actually admit that out loud, but I know it's true. I know you guys think I'm cool and want to be like me. But that pressure is hard to deal with a lot of the time, I feel like. Um, For me personally, it made me... I felt the pressure not to fail. And this failure doesn't mean like just failing in like one way or another. It came in multiple different areas. I felt like I couldn't fail, you know, my parents' expectations. I couldn't fail in school. I couldn't fail in sports. Um, Like I had a lot of pressure on me not to fail. But I don't even think it was the fact that my parents were sitting there being like, you can't fail, you can't mess up. Because they didn't do that. They were very much like, oh, you know, you can make mistakes and learn from them, but do your best to not, you know, do them, make mistakes. It more came so from myself, I would say, in the sense that I wanted so badly to succeed and not to fail to please my parents. Um, And I obviously feel like that's something every kid goes through. Everyone wants to make their guardians or their parents happy. They want to succeed for them. They don't want to mess up because they know it'll upset their parents or guardians. Um, So it makes it hard. It makes it feel like you shouldn't make mistakes. And if you do make a mistake, it's like 10 times worse because, you know, you feel like you're failing them. And it's literally the worst feeling ever. I can remember this one situation where I was in track my freshman year of high school. Hated track. Loved cross country. But I did it because the coach was like, you should just do it. And I did it. But anyways... I did track and I didn't really love it and I was running a race I don't know if it was the 3200 or the 1600 the mile or two mile but I remember I was running and it was the second to last lap and I felt miserable I thought I was gonna die and throw up so I just stopped and collapsed and gave up and first of all not like me to give up my parents always taught me that if you start something you stick to it um so I I, I collapsed and I remember being so mad that I didn't finish and so upset and the coaches were upset with me and I wasn't doing well and I felt like I was gonna pass out I felt sick and get I got so angry that I failed and I remember telling my mom about it. she's like well why didn't you just push through and finish and I was like I disappointed her um I know that's not like a great example but like it's just one that sticks out to me because there wasn't a lot of times where I didn't follow through with something I started So for me to give up, it was like really hard. And for my parents to see me give up, I felt like I was failing them and that I failed my team and I failed myself. So there was pressure on me to succeed and do well and to not give up because, you know, obviously that doesn't look good. But also because I know like my sisters were at those events watching me. I remember looking up in the stands and my family was there and being so embarrassed because I didn't finish in front of my family, my friends, but especially my sisters. Because what does that look like to them that I gave up? That's so embarrassing because I'm supposed to be the example. I'm supposed to be the strong older sister who can do absolutely anything. And I failed. And it was literally the worst feeling ever. It probably wasn't the worst I've ever failed in front of them, luckily. Um, But still, worst feeling ever. So you have all this pressure and you don't want to make mistakes. But when you do make mistakes, it's the worst feeling ever because like I said, you're failing yourself and everyone else. But I feel like making mistakes as the oldest child is also the worst because you're being judged the harshest. And let me put that into perspective when I say that. Obviously, every family's first child is the guinea pig. They're the experiment. So, you know, your parents are trying to do everything the best they can. So when you mess up, it makes them feel like they messed up too, which is even worse because nobody wants to disappoint their parents. 
I mean, maybe you do. I, I feel like it's rare though. Everyone wants to make their parents happy. So when you make those mistakes, it, you know, you feel like you failed yourself and your parents, but I, sometimes I feel like it makes your parents feel like they failed too, because they're like, where did I go wrong? Like I'm new at this. I'm trying. I failed. I messed up because my kid failed. And I know that not a lot of parents would ever think about it in this way of like, oh, like my kid just messed up. It's not my fault. Cause a lot of parents do blame their mistakes or their kids' mistakes on themselves because they're the role models and they're the examples, you know? As kids, we're always looking up to our parents, especially oldest kids, because we don't have anyone else to look up to. You might have friends, you might have cousins, you know, stuff like that. But if you're the oldest child, who do you have to look to other than your parents? No one. And it's the worst feeling ever when you fail because you know that they think they failed too. And then I was talking about how, you know, you get punished the harshest because your parents are trying to also learn how to parent. Which, you know, no one parents perfectly. I think my parents did a wonderful job. I I should have prefaced this just by saying I do have wonderful parents. They are great. They raised me wonderfully. Um, They they didn't put pressure on me to succeed. I put pressure on myself to succeed um, because I wanted to make them happy. But they were wonderful. They've supported me through everything. Even when I did mess up or make mistakes, they were always usually pretty supportive unless it was like super bad or I was like... I got caught doing something like sneaking out, which I only got caught doing once. Luckily, (laughs) that's a story for another day. But of course, they're going to punish you harsher because they don't know what the appropriate punishment always is. They're learning too, just like you are. Um, And I remember getting so mad growing up and I hated being the guinea pig because there were so many things I would do and I would get punished for and I'd get these terrible punishments for and get in so much trouble for that if my sisters did now, no big deal, not at all, nothing, whatever. And I talked to so many of my friends about this and it's so irritating growing up because, you know, I would get so mad at my parents because I'd be like, if I did the stuff Gretchen or Carly was doing at their age, you guys would have done this, this, and this. And I asked my parents, I'm like, why is that? And they're like, I don't know, I don't know. And I know deep down, it's just because they learned and they're learning different parenting techniques. And also like, you know, they have to parent and punish everyone differently because every sibling is different. Like Gretchen is like this tame little god girl she's not really ever going to do anything too crazy or wild whereas I would do something crazy and wild so my parents maybe did need to parent me and punish me a little bit harsher so I didn't make the same mistakes again like for example oh my gosh I guarantee that so many other older siblings are going to relate to this being the oldest and you know you start going out you get a car you're driving and you get a curfew and I remember for me it was like 10 o'clock on school nights and midnight on weekends so I was always home on curfew on time because if I wasn't I was in so much trouble um my mom had a rule it was like every minute you're late to curfew is how many minutes early you have to be back next time so if I got home at like 12 15 I had to be home at 11 45 the next time I went out so irritating so annoying and I was always really good about letting my parents know where I was I wasn't super sneaky like that back in the day like And my parents were always pretty lenient for the most part. They're like, you know, if you tell us where you're going and who you're with, like, we'll be lenient. But my curfew was dead set. Fast forward to my freshman year of college. I come home and it's a weekend. And my little sister Gretchen, who's probably like 17, 16 at the time, is like, all right, I'm going out. See you guys whenever. Love you. Bye. I was like, 
okay, cool. Whatever. Gretchen's going out fun. My mom and I sat on the couch and watched a movie and it's like 11.55. And I go, mom, I think Gretchen's going to be late for curfew. And she's like, oh no, no, no. Gretchen, Gretchen will come home whenever. It's no big deal. And I was like, what? Excuse me? And she's like, yeah, like I know what she's at and I know what she's doing. Like she can stay out as late as she wants. She's fine. My jaw hit the floor. I was so mad because there's no way my parents would have ever let me not have a curfew. Even when I went to prom my senior year of high school, or it might have been my junior, I had a curfew and I had to be home by like 1 a.m. I got like a one hour extension for prom and that's it. And I was livid. I was so mad. I was like, what the heck, mom? Why would you let her stay out that late? That's not fair if it was me. And my mom just kind of like shrugged her shoulders. Oh, I was so frustrated. It's the worst ever. Worst ever. But that also goes back to the idea that all of us are different from our siblings and we all need to be parented differently. To be fair, I was never doing anything crazy and partying in high school, but I was a lot more likely to be doing stupid stuff than Gretchen was too at the age of 16. Like Gretchen would just be like finishing a movie or whatever and then probably come home later. I probably would be driving around with my friends in the Hacienda parking lot doing stupid, dumb stuff. Who knows? I was always a little bit more wild and reckless than Gretchen. So I know why she has a later curfew now and why she did, but still so frustrating so that was always the worst I hated being the guinea pig and like the tester child because you know they were trying out all these different rules and trying out all these different parenting styles so annoying so frustrating I hated being the guinea pig hated it like so much um but I do feel kind of lucky because I was a pretty good kid um, so Gretchen and Carly definitely get way more lenient rules because I was so good. You guys are welcome, Gretchen and Carly. You guys can thank me with a Venmo, buy me a coffee, buy me some flowers, give me $100. I don't care. Pay me back how you like, but do it ASAP. I just thought of the story, and I remember um, I was in like fourth or fifth grade, maybe fifth or sixth, I don't know, but I was getting a D in math. And I didn't have a phone at the time, but an iPod. It was a little iPod Touch. It had, oh my gosh, I hope someone knows what I'm talking about, a hard white, like, plastic thing case around it. And then there's like a silicone cover on it. And mine was white, hard plastic with a zebra print purple silicone, like, wrap case around it. Oh my gosh, I have to find a picture of this now and put it on the Instagram. But anyways, so obviously I was getting a DM math. Obviously my dad found out at the end of the school year. He was pissed pissed beyond all belief he took my ipod not for a day not for two days not for three days for the whole summer between either fourth and fifth grade or fifth and sixth tragic truly tragic could not listen to my music could not watch my shows i don't know what i did like i cannot survive without my phone now but i'm pretty sure i'd had my ipod for a while at that point so i was pretty reliant on it like so terrible I got my iPad back. I had it gone for so long that I remember when I got it back, I didn't even remember the password to get into it. Oh, and I had to completely reset it. RIP. I wish I never would have because I'm sure some of the pictures and videos on thing are literally hilarious. Fast forward to one of my other sisters. I'm not going to say who. One of them was getting a bad grade in school. Oh, look at that. She's calling me. Hello. Guess what I'm doing right now? Recording a podcast. Oh my gosh, you're so smart. Wait, really? I yeah. Did, right? Yeah. 
Say hi. Am I live on the air? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Hope you all are having a wonderful... Oh, my gosh. What? Maddie. Maddie, guess what? Wait, do I need to stop? I'm driving through town, and I just saw a group of nuts. A group of nuts? Wait, time out. Do I need to pause the podcast? Pause the podcast. What the... F- Gretchen is on the phone. I'm recording again. And she's claiming that she did have a midnight curfew. But I remember coming home from college and you were not home by midnight. And I was like, Mom, where's Gretchen? She's like, ah, she can come home whenever. I know where she is. When was this? My freshman year when I came home from college. I don't know where you were, probably with Abigail. But I remember I was so mad. I was livid. Well, that's what I would do, though. If it was past midnight, I would just stay at Abigail's house. No, but you came home. You drove from Abigail's to the lake. No, because I remember this clear as day because it was a core memory for me, but not a good one. No, because I remember one time I was home at midnight and mom beat the snot out of me. Not actually. my Our mother is not abusive. No, she's disabled. She <laughs> actually wanted to. I'm just saying, like... She could run you over in her wheelchair. Nate, my mom can't walk. Oh my gosh, we've already referenced that twice in four episodes. Get out. But... Should I merge calls? Should you what? Should I add her to the call? Yeah, do it. Hello? Just with me. I literally just... Wait. Oh. She missed her call. Okay. Just ended the call with Gretchen. This was so chaotic. Peaky promised that you had a curfew? Huh. Well, no, I'm pretty sure you didn't. But I like I know you got home way later than midnight multiple times, and mom never cared. Okay, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, but it's not an opinion; um, it's a fact. Anyways, well, I can I can leave you be. I just wanted to chat for a bit, but you can go record your pod. Okay, I can like call you after if you want. What are you doing tonight? Come over. Hold on, I'm gonna stop recording. Sorry for that brief interruption. Gretchen called me and I just had to chat her up a little bit. But anyways, back to the story I was telling. I hope that wasn't overly chaotic. Um, Abigail, if you're listening, I wish you would have picked up the phone and agreed with me, but whatever, it's fine. It's fine. Back to the story. I got bad grades, got my iPad taken iPod taken away for the entire summer. One of my sisters got on a bad grade. I will not say if it was Gretchen or Carly. Um, and I just remember hearing that she had this bad grade. I'm like, ooh, she's going to be in so much trouble. Lost her phone for maybe one day max. Are you kidding me? Now, I will say this. Gretchen and Carly actually both get pretty good grades. Gretchen was like a way overachiever and Carly like gets really good grades actually. She's pretty good at school, surprisingly. Not surprisingly, she's a really smart girl. Um, but when that happened, I was so mad and I was like, oh, what the heck, dad? Why are not you guys taking her phone the way you took mine? And he's like, cause it's not a big deal. Like she's going to get her grades up. It's fine. Ugh, truly, truly infuriating. So infuriating. So I'm going to transition topics a little bit. In the next little bit of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about family issues and trauma 
trigger warning about divorce and about um, disabilities. Um, so if either of those think, you think they may upset you a little bit or bother you, um, now might be a good time to click off or fast forward to the end of the episode. Um, but I hope you guys appreciate how genuine and vulnerable I'm about to be with you guys. One thing I do want for the podcast and for the brand I'm attempting to build is authenticity. And I want to be real with the people who listen to this. Um, even if it doesn't become a big thing and it's just people from my hometown listening or my college friends listening or even just Evan or just my mom. Because I know my mommy listens. I want to be the most true, genuine, real person I can be on here. And I think one way of doing that is being fully open and honest about my experiences in my life and the things I've dealt with, which is why I want to talk about what it's like being the oldest during some of those more hard times. So when you are the oldest and your family goes through something, um, examples might be death, divorce, um, you know, just even stupid things like fighting or anything like that. Being the oldest, it brings the pressure again. Um, Personally, for me, whenever there's been conflict within my family, I've always been the one who had to put on a strong face and deal with it and be strong for myself and for my sisters and be there for everyone else even when I don't want to and due to this I've definitely learned to bottle up my emotions until they pretty much explode um just because I know that I need to be strong and I need to be a face of toughness so that way my sisters and my family have someone to lean on and a lot of adults I remember me being so strong about things, they'd be like, wow, you're so strong and you're doing such amazing things and being such a good example for your sisters and you're being so mature. And sometimes I think when you are the oldest and you have to be strong like that, it does show you are mature, but it almost leads to too much, a sense of too much maturity in the sense that I remember having my parents or other adults say things to me that no one should be saying to a kid my age. Um, Whether it be talking about the details of a situation or giving their opinion, um, telling how they felt about another adult or telling me about like conflict with their partner and saying like this, this, and this saying nasty things and me having to hear it. That was really hard. And I remember being wondering like, why are they saying these things to me? I'm a kid. This is not appropriate. But then I remember just cause I was the one who had to put on the strong face the one who didn't cry in front of anyone, the one who only cried into her pillow at night because I knew I had to be strong for everyone else. And it's just funny because I have people tell me that, you know, I've had my grandma tell me like, you always are so strong for your sisters and you always put on a tough face, but I know it's hard. I know what you deal with is hard. And I wish that you were able to show your emotional a bit more and feel able to let that go. But I feel as if I have to be the brick wall, you know? Um, Luckily, the older I've gotten and the more therapy I've gone to, also, even if you don't need it, go to therapy. Therapy's the best ever. The more I've worked on myself, the more I've realized that that's not healthy. And while, yes, I can still be that strong forefront, I still can be emotionally vulnerable. But I think that's something a lot of oldest kids relate to in situations that are hard with their families no matter what the conflict may be because you are expected to be the strong one for yourself and your siblings 
another example might be a divorce. Um, sorry, mom and dad or anyone listening that this make make upset, but my family did just go through a divorce pretty recently. Um, and that is so hard. And I don't know if it would be harder to deal with it when you're young or you're old, but personally, it's been terrible for me and I'm 21 years old. Um, so me and my sisters are 21, 19, and 16. And I feel like it's terrible right now because and it's the worst ever because we're all old enough and aware enough of what's going on to, you know, form our own opinions. When you're young, you know, everyone says, keep the kids out of it, keep your kids out of your problems and whatnot. But when you're older and your family goes through something, it's easy for your parents to open up to you, which is great. I think it's wonderful when your parents open up to you. I love that my parents are open and honest with me. But sometimes I have to remember that I am the kid and you can make a boundary. You can make a boundary with adults no matter what age you are Um, because you still need to protect yourself first, whether it be your parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, any adult figure in your life, or I guess I am an adult, so anyone older in your life. It's okay to set boundaries to protect yourself. And being the oldest, that was something I always struggled with. Because I felt like I had to be the support system for everyone. My parents, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles. And especially with the divorce, I felt like, you know, I had to be very much in the middle. Which I did not take sides. I will not take sides, obviously, when there is conflict between my parents. But it's hard when you're trying to please everyone. And when you're the oldest and you're putting on that tough face and you have to be there for everyone, it can be really hard to set boundaries. Because growing up, I wasn't good about setting up boundaries when there was problems. Because I was the tough one. And I had to be there for everyone. I had to hear everything. And it's really hard dealing with things as the oldest. Because, you know, usually you're the most aware. Growing up, you know, I remember those situations. And my two little sisters kind of got to be luckily, ignorantly, blissfully ignorant, I guess I'd say. Like, they weren't fully aware of what was going on because they were so young. But... I was kind of old enough to realize what certain things were and what these things that were being said were and realize like behind the closed doors what was going on. And I'm very envious of my sisters for that. Now, obviously, they have both seen it too when they're old enough now and they might have even noticed it then. And they weren't super ignorant actually to the problems going on. But being the oldest, you know, you see it on the forefront head on. Um, and I think, you know, being the oldest and being mature in situations like that, you're led on to way more information than you'd ever need or want to know. For us growing up with a mom with a disability, we got pretty lucky actually. Because our mom is still able-bodied enough to go to all of our events. She never missed a cross-country meet. She never missed a show choir competition. She hasn't missed my sister's horse um, uh, rodeos, I think they're called, or her horse shows. Um, She's still been there in every aspect of our lives, emotionally, physically. We got very lucky. That, that, that didn't mean it wasn't hard, obviously. And I remember my mom one time got a treatment where she had to go out of the country for over a month. And it was the hardest thing ever. This treatment was there to help her, obviously. So I was super excited she was getting it. I love when my mom gets to try new treatments. But I remember that being a really hard month. I remember... My sisters, being really sad, but I always had to be strong. And there'd be adults who came up to me at basketball games or when I was at school or like stuff like that. And they'd ask me about it and they'd be like, you're so strong. How do you feel about this? Are you okay? 
And I always felt like I was never really even able to say like, no, I'm not okay. I'm struggling because I wanted to put on this forefront of my family's good. We're strong. We're great. I felt like I was not allowed to break down because if I broke down, my sisters would see and that would make it way worse for them. So it's hard when you put the pressure on yourself to be that forefront, especially when there isn't a need to be. Obviously, I want to be there and I do want to be strong for my siblings, but you can still be emotionally there and vulnerable despite that. And another trend I've noticed with older siblings is being the one to like kind of stand up to those adult figures in your life. Like, for example, if there's something that needs to be said to your mom or dad, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's different to other families, but I've noticed with my friends and like some of the stories I've heard and with my personal experiences, the oldest is always the one expected to step up and say something. Like, no mom, that's not cool. No dad, that's not cool. And it's really hard because for me personally, I would always do that so that my sisters got to avoid the conflict. I did that and I took that on and gave myself all that hell and anxiety and stress and made it so hard on myself so that it was easier on them. Which is awesome if you do that. You know, doing that for your siblings, taking that on for them so they don't have to is great, but you do need to protect yourself. And sometimes I even said things and stood up for my sisters when it wasn't necessary and they should have been the ones to do so just because I didn't want them to have to deal with the hurt. When you're the oldest, I feel like you take on a sense of almost like parenting. Yes, obviously you have your parents who parent you and your siblings, but you do things for your younger siblings to like protect them you almost like take on like a little parent role, you know? I would always do that kind of thing and take care of my sisters and kind of protect them and stand up for them when I saw that they weren't able to for themselves. And that definitely caused problems for me. Um, And, you know, obviously my sisters are both strong, independent women and they stand up for themselves now and they did back then too. But sometimes when it was something really hard, you know, and I know they wouldn't do it, I would just say something because I didn't want them to have to or I saw that they weren't going to and I didn't want them to have to keep dealing with it so it was really hard stepping up and being the one to put myself in those situations in those fights with my dad or my mom or an adult to set those boundaries for my sisters because I wanted to protect them and I think that every oldest sibling can kind of understand that um whether it be like you're the middle and you're the oldest to your like you're older than your youngest sibling but especially like oldest oldest siblings being protective over your siblings. I know, for example, like back in high school, if people were being mean to Gretchen, I'd be the first one to do something about it. Or if someone said or did something to Carly, I'm the first one to say or do something about it. Because you feel really protective over them. They're your siblings. You can be mean to your siblings, but no one else can. And I think that's a mindset that a lot of kids have. Or not even kids, just like people in general. Like for me personally, if someone said something like, like in cheer practice, let's say someone's like, oh, Gretchen, that talk was terrible. I'd be like, she did great. Gretchen, you were amazing. She doesn't know what she's talking about, blah, 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 blah. But I'd also be the same person where if Gretchen like literally like didn't point her toe in her cartwheel, I'd be like, Gretchen, your toe wasn't pointed. That terrible. But it was okay when I did it because I was her sibling. I- I'm sure people get what I'm saying by that. And it's so funny. And I think that's a dynamic that a lot of people can understand. Like, oh my gosh, I fight with Carly like no other. We get on each other all the time. But she had this girl that bullied her back in, like, middle school. And I would, like... I wasn't mean to her face. But, like, 
I'd be the first one to be like, Carly, look, look at her. She's the worst. She's not cute. She's jealous because you're pretty and you're smart. You're way prettier. You're so cool. Um, you know, and I would say those things are gonna make her feel better, but I would still at the same time say the same things to Carly that her bully would say to her, which totally not cool. I should be nice to my sister, but I think anyone can relate to that. You know, you could say the exact same thing to one of your siblings that one of their boys would say to them. And it's okay when you do it because you're the sibling, but not okay when they do it. I am thankful though, that I do have two little sisters that are pretty independent and strong. Carly, especially has always been one to speak up for herself. Um, but I definitely feel a sense of protectiveness over them. And Gretchen's had a boyfriend before. Carly hasn't. But let me just say, when they have significant others, I'm going to be the first most protective ever. You know, they can get my parents' approval all they want. They got to get my approval. Like, if you don't have my approval, it's done. You're out. Goodbye. And it's funny because while I want my sisters to... I know my sisters want that validation for me to be like, oh, my older sister likes you. I'm the same way, though. Like, when I started dating Evan, I was like, yeah, my parents are going to like you to be nice to my mom and dad. Like, that's great. But will Gretchen and Carly like you? I told him, I said, you know, the only person that really matters if they like you or not is my sisters. And Evan, like, was so nervous to meet them and stuff because I hyped it up so much. And obviously, they both love Evan. But it's so funny because... Sometimes your younger siblings even do protect you, which is really cool. Um, sometimes I think I, I get, I was talking about, you know, how I'm protective and I stand up for them and all this stuff. And I think I forget that sometimes my sisters do do that for me too. You know, it's a bond. And I think all siblings are bonded together in that way, which is cool. But obviously I think a lot of people can relate to being bonded with their siblings because of the things they've been through with them. Like Gretchen is my very best friend in the entire world. And I know for one of the reasons that is, is because we grew up with a mom with a disability. Um, and none of our friends, as much as they love us and try to support us, none of our friends will ever understand that the way that we understand it ourselves. You know, we have our friends to support and be there. But at the end of the day, all we really had was each other growing up to deal with that. Because we watched it together. We experienced it together. You know, you experience so much with your siblings with trauma or problems that you become trauma bonded. And... While that sucks, and I, I wish that there was no such thing as trauma and that people could all just live happy lives, it really does make you grow closer with your siblings. And as much as I hate the things I've been through in my life, the hard things, I'm also extremely grateful for them because it really did bring me closer together with Gretchen and Carly. When I started filming this, like, yesterday, like, I filmed this episode yesterday, I had, like, 28 minutes in, and I was like, oh, this is terrible, I hate it. Like, I cannot talk by myself. But today I'm at like 38 minutes right now, 38 and a half. And I'm like, still got stuff to talk about. I'm a little impressed with myself. Okay, girl. Hype myself up or whatever. Okay. Anyways, I want to move on to something a little bit more funny and comedical, kind of happier. Just because I feel like that was all pretty kind of deep. Um, but I do feel, I feel, it feels cool to know that I was like just super vulnerable with anyone in the world who's ever going to listen to this. So pretty cool I guess but I'll move on the next thing I want to talk about that I feel like a lot of oldest siblings can relate to specifically oldest daughters like this is specifically pointed at you oldest daughters because I know you guys will get what I'm saying also I want to preface this by saying girls can do anything boys can do obviously gender roles are bs anyone can do anything it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl or whatever like you can do anything you want to being the oldest daughter in a sense of being the daughter the oldest daughter and being a daughter in a family that's all girls I was also low-key the son 
And I say that in quotation marks. Like, my dad did the traditional quote-unquote, and I'm doing air quotes, father-son things with me because I was the oldest and he had all girls. Like, for example, I remember, like, I bought a baseball mitt on vacation once and we went and played catch together. Um, He taught me how to throw a football. Like, we did all that kind of stuff together. Um, Whenever he had, like, a project, I had to hold the flashlight. And, oh my gosh, I'm sure, like, a lot of kids can relate to this with your parents, but, like, I had to stand there and hold that damn flashlight for hours on end. It was the worst. Terrible. But I was like, this is so cool. I'm hanging out with dad. I'm helping. Looking back, I would stand there with that flashlight forever. And he'd be like, you know how dads get so frustrated. And like, oh, they're like, move, move. No, you're doing it wrong. Do it wrong. But like holding that flashlight, I was so proud of it. But I was also like, this is the worst ever. Okay, that probably made no sense. But anyways, kind of going back to being like the oldest daughter of all girl family. Another thing that sticks out to me is like something I always did with my dad was like our Saturday morning Menards trips. Every Saturday morning, my dad and I would get up like 7 a.m. We'd get in the car and go to McDonald's. He would always get me a mango pineapple smoothie from McDonald's and he'd get me a hash brown. And then we'd go into Menards and we'd go in there for like a couple hours at least and just hang out. I thought it was so cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm helping dad. I'm getting stuff. I cannot remember for the life of me what we needed to get, but we went every Saturday, every Saturday ever. And I know that Gretchen and Carly did go with him a few times, but that was like our thing. And on the way there in the car, we'd listen to Let's Get It Started by the Black Eyed Peas because he had a CD up in his car and we loved that song growing up. But we'd go to Menards and we'd wander around. We had an unfinished basement, so I know he got like drywall and like stuff to help finish the basement because he did a lot of it himself. But like, how many times do we have to go get drywall? I'm pretty sure we just went so we could go have fun. Like, it was me and his kind of thing. But I feel like that's something that usually, traditionally, dads would definitely do with their sons. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just me thinking, like, this is just a me and my dad kind of thing. Maybe this is something that happens with a lot of kids and their dads. I don't know. Just my experience. I remember he always had me also doing, like, manual labor. Like, oh my gosh, putting in the pier every summer was the the worst it was always ice cold in the water it would always just be me and him he'd be like all right madeline let's put in the pier gretchen never helped where was she who knows carly would say she was gonna come help she'd be out for 10 minutes stand there do nothing and leave my dad and i were out there grinding to put in that damn pier every year every year and it was the worst ever ugh but when we got it it felt great it was super cool but i remember it was always just me and him out there in the rain moving in putting the pier in or like the story just came to my head of one time. I don't know how old it was. Maybe like 10 or 11. But my dad ran into the swing set with his lawnmower at our old house. And my dad's solution to everything back in the day was Gorilla Glue. So he wanted to Gorilla Glue the swing set, but he needed to move it a certain way. So he had me come hold it up because he's like, oh, Madeline can do it. She's strong enough. She's old enough. Like, you know, she can do this. And I was out there holding this huge swing set and it fell on me while he went inside to get the girly glow. Don't know if that really relates to this topic at all, but I just thought it was a funny story. One thing I've noticed though about all these things I had to do that I feel like are traditionally done with fathers and sons, the second I got a good boyfriend, he had to do it all. Since I started dating Evan, I haven't had to lift a damn finger. Put in the pier, Evan can help. Put a screen back in my grandpa's window. Evan can help. Get the hornet's nest off the chair. Evan can do it. Pick up the dead bird. Evan can do it. 
all the stuff I used to have to do because my sisters did not want to and like in my mind it's like stuff like a son would do Evan now has to do it and not me because now he's kind because now my dad's kind of like he got a son you know he's like oh I don't have a boy to do it and I always made men to do it but now Evan's here and he's a boy and he can do it like I said gender roles are BS they do not matter this is just me spurring out my stories and my facts and my life anyone can do anything I just think that's so funny how the second I got a boyfriend I did not have to help do that kind of stuff anymore and I'm so thankful for it Evan just another reason I'm obsessed with you and you are the very best that's about it for my episode notes um I do want to wrap up by just saying like I am extremely thankful for my family and my life I talked a little bit about the issues and the problems that we have but I grew up with like super lucky I have wonderful parents I have a wonderful life I don't want to take away any credit from them for the way they raised me because they raised me incredibly am I still a hot mess absolutely I'm the furthest thing from perfect but they did the best they could and I think I turned out pretty well and they're amazing parents um I'm also just happy that I am the oldest I would not want to be the youngest daughter I wouldn't want to be the middle daughter I love being the oldest sibling like literally love it it's one of my personality traits and I I'm obsessed with it so thanks mom and dad for having me first but guys that is all i have for you guys this week i hope you enjoyed um next week be on the lookout for our guest hopefully it'll be evan watch as it's not because who knows i know he really wants to be on so he probably will but thank you guys for listening be sure to rate us five stars on all of our different podcasting platforms follow us on instagram follow my personal instagram and i will be sure to talk to you guys next week bye